Well, bless the Lord, oh my soul, and all that is within me. Let us bless his holy name. How great it is for us to be here together as the Lord allows us to share in the word of God. Allow me to thank God for your pastor, um, the Reverend Dr. D.Z. Cofield, for this choice opportunity. How grateful I am uh, that uh, this, has been, this opportunity has been extended unto me. And uh, I pray that something will be done or said today that will bless you in a mighty way. Just a song that we would sing uh, back in Birmingham, Alabama. I would hear them say, Sweet Holy Spirit Sweet Heaven Filling us with your love And for these blessings We lift our hearts in praise And without a doubt We'll know that we have been revived when we shall leave this place. Won't you say it with me, sweet Holy Spirit? Sweet heavenly dove, why don't you stay right with us, filling us with your love? we have been revived when we shall leave this place oh this place Mark chapter number 4 there we will find uh, where we need to be for the, today's lesson. Mark chapter number four. 
verse number 35. Here the word of the Lord says, And the same day, when evening was come, he said unto them, Let us pass over to the other side. And when they had sent away the multitude, they took him even as he was in the ship. And there were also with him other little ships. And there arose a great storm of wind, and the waves beat into the ship, so that it was now full. And he was in the hinder part of the ship, asleep on a pillow. And they awakened him, and say unto him, Master, Carest not that we perish? And he arose and rebuked the wind and the sea. He said unto the sea, Peace be un peace be still. And the wind ceased, and there was a great calm. And he said unto them, them being the disciples, Why are you so fearful? Why is it that you have no faith? And they feared exceedingly and said one to another, what manner of man is this that even the wind and the sea obey him? Today for a few minutes of your time, for the time that is ours to share, I want to talk from the subject, hit from the blind side. Hit from the blind side. My brothers and my sisters, as I scaled the scope and perused the periphery of life, it is apparent to me that life can be summed up in one word, and that is unpredictable. Matter of fact, if we ought to be honest today, we can attest to the fact and the reality that life is like a roller coaster. One minute everything could be going just fine. And within the very next hour, your world can be literally flipped upside down. You didn't plan for it. It wasn't on your radar. You didn't have it on your agenda. You didn't even pencil it in because it wasn't on your schedule. Life sometimes will throw you an interception on what you thought should have been a complete pass. Which is in fact has thrown you off of your game simply because life has a way of catching you off guard and hitting you from the blind side. Matter of fact, I know without a shadow of a doubt that that I've got some witnesses here in the cyber sanctuary who can say without fear, contradiction, or compromise that without little to no warning that life will hit you from the blind side and have you picking up the pieces, trying to put the puzzle back together again. And all my brothers and sisters, it matters not who you are or what side of the tracks you come from. If you haven't already, at more than than one part of your life, we will all be hit from the blind side. Just to take a personal part of privilege, brothers and sisters, I've learned in my very short life 
that sometimes things very seldomly go according to how we plan. Somebody here knows what I'm talking about when I talk about this narrative because the reality is you thought that you were up for promotion. Uh, day in and day out, you showed up early and left late. But when push came to shove, they hired the person who you trained. <laughs> you ended up getting hit from the blind side. When the, co when the company had to downsize, they got amnesia and you ended up with the pink slip. Out of all your years of service, you got hit by the blind side. You thought that you had met the love of your life. That you have not met your knight and shining armor. But you found out that your boo would make you boo-hoo. <laughs> you were hit from the blind side. You've done everything right. You were disciplined. You ate right. You exercised. You did all that the doctors told you to do. And just as you went into a routine checkup, they called you back only to discover that there's something that concerns them about your health. Now you're going in for checkups and attention and care for medical issues. You've been hit from the blind side. Brothers and sisters, you've raised your children to be model citizens in society. But instead of acting like doctors, they're acting like dope heads. <laughs> now you're wondering, is that the child I raised? You have been hit down the blind side. And brothers and sisters, you've joined, someone here has joined a sanctuary, but only to discover that that place was not the place that you thought it would be. Instead of them being a menace to society, they were a menace to you. You were hit from the blind side. If you can get any of these scenarios, you're right in Luke chapter number 8, verse 22, and Mark chapter number 4 where these disciples find themselves hit from the blind side. Three things I want to suggest to you as you navigate storms that arise that you did not see coming. First thing I want to show you here in verses 22 and 23 is that uh, when you're in, in the midst of life storms, the first thing we ought to do is remember the promise given before the storm. Here in this passage of scripture, we're introduced to the dreadful, dreary, daunting scene which, it, which in our text today is located on the Sea of Galilee. According to our text, Jesus and the disciples are ending to what, ending to what seems to be a, a taxing day of ministry. The Bible says that upon the closing of that day, nightfall comes and Jesus says to the disciples, let us pass over to the other side. Because the disciples are followers of Jesus Christ, they decide to respond in obedience and launch forth in the direction that he would have them to go. These men began to sail across the sea, and as they began to sail, uh, Jesus falls asleep. Everything up to this point seems to be well managed, under control, until these men look up and discover that they're in the midst of a storm. 
This is significant, brothers and sisters, because these men are disciples of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. But yet they're in the midst of the storms. They are faithful followers of Jesus, but yet they're in the presence of a storm. These men are anointed and appointed to do the work of the ministry of the master's hands, but yet they're in a storm, brothers and sisters, and I see some of you in my spiritual imagination scratching your head, asking the question, how could this be uh, that, that, that these are disciples and they are in the storms? Well, can I go on and tell you, brothers and sisters, could it be that Jesus is trying to show us that it matters not who you are in God, no one is exempt from life's grip and this grip of storms. No matter what type of disciple you are, brothers and sisters. Uh, 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 it doesn't matter how long you've been in church. You can be a Bible quota and a scripture, a Bible quota and a scripture quota and storms will come to you. You will be, you can be a preaching disciple and end up in a storm. You can be a praying deacon who's a disciple. You can be a melodious choir, choir member who's a disciple and end up in a storm. You can be an usher on the back door and end up in the storm. Brothers and sisters, it matters not who who you are, all of us at one or more points will end up in a storm. Brothers and sisters, now if you find yourself in a storm with Jesus, it's highly possible that it won't overtake you. Now, now, my brothers and sisters, if we watch the text closely, these men are in this storm not because they've been disobedient. Uh, one would argue that there are two types of storms, one of correction and one for perfection, one that corrects us when we've gone astray, but there, there's one of perfection that keeps us, that brings the best out of us and brings the, the end result of, of God's glory uh, to be revealed and placed on display. Brothers and sisters, uh, the, the Bible lets us know that they're not in this storm because of anything wrong that they've done. They're in this storm because they've decided to be obedient to the directions of Jesus. But can I ask you a question, child of God? What happens when the storm is not because of your disobedience, but, because, but this storm shows up because you followed what the Lord told you to do? What, what, what happens when, 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 when this storm is not because I'm not doing what the Lord has called me to do? I'm in my calling. I'm attending church. I'm, I'm where I'm supposed to be. I'm in a line with his purpose and with his power, with his, with his, what position he's placed me in. But I still find myself in a storm. Well, if that's you, can I help you real quick? Uh, if you're in a storm because you obeyed him, the question needs to be uh, not why is this happening to me, but rather what is the Lord trying to teach me? Uh, well, surely there's a lesson in this. Surely there's revelation in this. And if you would just allow God uh, to bring the lesson full circle, watch how better you will become. The Bible says that the storm is sudden because it came out of nowhere. The Bible says that's why they're hit from the blind side. It's sudden. Didn't see it coming. Not only uh, was it sudden, but the Bible lets us know it's severe. 
It's a sudden storm, but it's a severe storm because the Bible says that the waves and the waters and the wind were beating up on the ship and it was not, it was not letting up. It was a severe storm. But then the Bible lets us know that not, that not only is it aggressive and violent, violently vicious in its approach, but the Bible also lets us know it's a sustaining storm. It almost seems as if this storm ain't going nowhere. It almost seems as this storm is not letting up. It almost seems as though this storm will not uh, back up off of its, 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 its approach. And brothers and sisters, I don't know about you. They didn't prepare for it. That this, this was a violent, fierce, fierce storm, but it seemed like it was going nowhere. And I, I simply, I'm under the impression that that's somebody under the side of my voice today day where you've been drafted into a sudden, severe, sustaining storm. Seem like it won't let up anytime soon. You can't grasp this concept uh, that these men are enduring until you've been drafted into one of life's storms. These men are afraid, and the Bible says that they were in jeopardy, and they felt like they were getting ready to lose their life. But the indictment on the disciples, while they thought they were in jeopardy, they still had Jesus. They thought that this would be the storm to take them out. The sad indictment that hangs over their head that before they had the waves, they had already had a word. Before they had a problem, he had already given them a promise. Before they had devastation, God had already given them a divine destination. He, uh, how do I know? Verse 22 puts it right out there. He says, let us go over to the other side. And, and if God says you're going over, you can't go under. And I, I don't know where you are today, brothers and sisters, but you've got to learn to take God at his word. Whatever he says precedes what we see. That's why we've got to realign our faith with what he said. Speak into the atmosphere what he said. Reconnect with what he said. Don't depend on and rely on what you see. You've got to rely on what he said. Well, the question is, but preacher, what did he say? He said, I'll never leave you. Neither will I forsake you. What did he say? He said, when thou walkest, I'll lead you. When you're hungry, I'll feed you. A mansion in the sky, I'll deed you. I'll make your enemies your footstool. I'll make your sickness your testimony. And I'll make this storm another example of how I came through for you. Brothers and sisters, what did he say? Anytime you falter with what you see, you've got to pull back to what he said. Jesus tells them, let's go over to the other side. He's given them the assurance that we're going to make it despite the storm, despite the pandemic, despite different change in government. But we're going to make it despite what we see. In other words, his way of getting the storm, getting them out of the storm, it's first getting the storm out of them. And sometimes God will give you a word before you go through what you go through uh, to give you the insurance ah, that all shall be well. Matter of fact, the plus of this narrative is that Mark accounts, in Mark account uh, of this text, 
he, he pronounces that there were little other ships. These disciples could shout even in the midst of the storm because their ship was different than any other ship that was around them. They had the physical presence of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And my act and project as a footnote, that's why you can predict your survival because when other folks are going crazy and cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs, you can simply say, I've got the presence of a living, risen Savior. And can I contend, if you've got his presence, you've got his peace. If you've got his peace, you've, presence and peace, you've got his power. But then you've got his provision. All in one, having him there makes the difference. Just having him there. Someone ought to simply just say, I'm glad I got him. I'm glad I know him for myself. So, so second thing I want to show you as I hurry along at uh, verses 23 and 24, let us know that, that, that after uh, you, 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 you go through uh, the, the first phase of, of, of remembering the promise before the storm, you've got to replicate the posture of the master while in the storm. Uh, the Bible says that these men are in the midst of a vicious storm. They're feeling the stain to death in the midst of Jordan. But, but while they're in this severe storm, Jesus is sound asleep. Brothers and sisters, uh, Jesus has had a, had a full day, but in the state of his humanity, while yet still being divine, he decides to go back to the hinder part of the ship, yeah. grab a pillow, uh, and go to sleep. Look at my Lord and Savior. He's not in arms. He's not troubled. He's not uh, at a place of, 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 of despair. He's at a peaceful state of rest. And you know why God the, in the person of Jesus could rest in a storm? Because the storm, uh, he, knew that, he, he knew that the storm was not his destiny because his destiny was not to die in a storm. His destiny was to die on a cross. Brothers and sisters, when the Lord has given you an assurance of your destiny, <laughs> you'll look at this as another test, <laughs> as another trial, yes, seeing God in a new way. Brothers and sisters, this text is so amazing because it simply lets us know uh, that uh, as he's talking about his destination, their destination, it lets us know that even you will not have an abrupt ending. But According to the Holy Writ, you're going to make it to an expected end. Which is significant because Jesus slept in a storm. But the disciples slept at a prayer meeting. Which suggests to you and I that when they should have been praying, <laughs> they were sleeping. And when they should have been sleeping, they were panicking. Brothers and sisters, that's in the court of Matthew 26, 36 through 46, and Mark chapter 14, 32 and, 40, and 42. They mishandled the prayer meeting. And brothers and sisters, we ought not miss our opportunity to prepare for said storms. The Bible says that the disciples become fearful, and they go and make haste. And they, Jesus is such in a deep sleep. They have to call him twice. <laughs> Master? Master, carest not that we perish? 
These men have gotten to Jesus to wake them out of their sleep and their slumber uh, and brothers and sisters. Uh, but when they should have taken Jesus as an object lesson, as he was trying to teach them, Jesus was trying to teach them a real portrait. What a real portrait of peace looked like. Because, brothers and sisters, peace is not the absence of, of calamity. But peace is the presence of clarity. Brothers and sisters, when you know what you know, and when you're solid in who God is, while there are those who are in calamity, you can have clarity that God is with you even as you go through this. And he's got everything under control. The Lord became a living, breathing replica of what peace looks like. The Bible says that Jesus gets up looked at the winds, looked at the waves, the water, and it says, peace, be still. In other words, he said, lay down. <laughs> Y'all be quiet. Because what he ends up doing is he, he, he takes, he takes the, the thunder out of the lightning. He takes the, 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 the whistle out of the wind, and he takes the beat out of the waves, laid them to rest. Jesus shows them the sovereign power over this situation by speaking to the storm with authority. The Bible says that there was a calm. All it takes for God is to speak. <laughs> All it takes for God is to lean in your direction. You're in a storm right now that's raging and you don't want to submit to it. But all it takes is for God to speak to your situation. And that which was raging will now be resting. Third thing, I close on this. You have to renounce all fear and reconnect with faith despite the storm. The Bible says that Jesus gets up, looks at the disciples, Ask him, he says, where's your faith? <laughs> now, now, this happened because these men displayed no faith in the midst of the storm. Jesus does not talk about a measure of faith because if he would have said, uh, because if it was a measure of faith, he would not have said, where is it? He's talking about missing faith versus measured faith. And brothers and sisters, uh, uh, these disciples of our Lord and Savior, these men ha had, had no outs of faith <laughs> because they would have took the object, objective lesson. Uh, they have fervently followed the Lord. But even in the storm, there's no faith. Which suggests unto us, you can be a disciple. <laughs> Following Jesus walking with Jesus, and still have a problem with your faith. The problem is you can't have faith in what you don't trust. And that's the problem amongst these men. Uh, and that's the same problem that re resides in us today. Can I tell you something, child of God? Uh, we've got more trust today in our GPS than we do our G-O-D. How do I know, child of God? I, I know because when Siri tells you to turn uh, 
turn, turn left, right, and to go so many X amount of miles. You don't question Siri. You don't ask questions of Siri. You don't put Siri to the test. But when Siri says turn, you turn. When Siri says continue straight, you continue straight. And all I'm simply saying is don't have more trust in your GPS than you do your G-O-D. Knowing that he's omnipotent. Knowing that he's omnipresent. Knowing that he's immutable. And knowing that God is, is, is omnipotent and he can do all things but fail. Our problem constantly as people is we want the details. <laughs> and we cannot stand the fact of not being in control. But the Bible says these disciples question Jesus by saying what manner of man is this? He says that even the wind and the waves, they obey him. You know what, uh, what that means is, that, that, that simply means that they now see Jesus through new eyes. And all I'm simply trying to say to you, a family of faith, is simply that God is sovereign. And that simply means that God can do what no other power can do. Well, I'm closing now, but uh, as I would close, uh, moving on into uh, my seat, I would simply tell you that if you're going to make Ah, get through the storm. You've got to remember the promise given before the storm. But then number two, you've got to replicate the posture while of the master while in the storm. But then you've got to renounce your renounce all fear while you're dealing with the storm. And you re reconnect with your faith while you're in the midst of this situation. And I don't know where you are this morning. But I wonder, will you trust in God to do what no other power can do? I'm in my seat when I tell you that the reason why I can thank God for my storms is because there was a storm that was greater than I over 2,000 years ago that was raging in the souls of man. But that, but the, but the Bible clearly declares that one Friday, that Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, they marched him, they beat him, they bruised him, they battered him. But thanks be unto God that one Friday he did die. And not only did he die, but early Sunday morning, he got up with all power in his hands. And oh, brothers and sisters, all I'm simply saying to you is that you can make it through the storm. And if you understand that he's the Savior over the sea, he's the Savior resting in the ship, but he's sovereign so much so to where there's no situation that you cannot face. Where are you today? Where you've been hit from the blind side. You didn't see it coming. But even though it caught you by surprise, it did not catch God 
by surprise. So today I, I ask, won't you trust him in every situation, in every storm, in every place of despair, allowing him to be your guide, allowing him to be your shield. And watch you, won't you say these things? What manner of man is this? That he speaks to the waves, the winds, and the water, and they obey him. What manner of man is this? That he can speak to my situation, speak to my problem, my health disparity, my mental illness, my marriage problem, my child's or children's situation. And that problem has to come up under subjection unto him. God bless you today. I pray that even as you've been hit from the blind side or you didn't, have, didn't see it coming, that you'll hold on to your faith that God is greater than your storm. He's the Savior, but he's sovereign. Won't you trust him? My, my, my. Come on, how many of you were blessed by that word? How to get through when you've been hit on the blind side. If storms were announcing themselves, and I'm not talking about atmospheric disturbances, I'm talking about the storms that come in life, sudden sickness, illness, trials and tribulations, they, they would give you a chance to brace yourself. But how many of you know, come on, put it in the chat if you will. How many of you know that you can get hit on the blind side? Uh, if you're a fan of football, you know that's the most dangerous hit to receive when you get hit from the blind side, when it's unexpected. Uh, that's why the left tackles on the offensive line get paid more than anybody else on the team other than the quarterback because most quarterbacks are right-handed and when you are a right-handed passer, your blind side is your left side. You can't get away from a rush because typically you don't see it coming. What a powerful word. What a powerful message. And what an encouragement to know that the Lord, when he makes a promise... He can bring that promise to pass even when storms come in your life. Preacher said, if, if the Lord is sleeping, then you need to sleep next to him. If the Lord is silent, maybe you need to be silent as well. Maybe instead of worrying, you should be worshiping. Maybe instead of looking at what's going on around you, thank God for what he has already promised to you. And trust and believe that God is going to bring you through. Man, we thank Reverend Jenkins for allowing the Lord to speak through him on today. I know I was, I was helped by that message. The old preachers say I was hoped by that message. And I hope you were hoped as well. I hope you were encouraged by that word. Now, if there's somebody who's watching right now and you've never asked the Lord Jesus Christ into your life, you know there are only two kinds of people in the world, people who know Jesus and people who need Jesus. 
And if you're a person who needs the Lord, you have never asked the Lord into your life. Can I tell you one of the things that I've learned over my life's journey? I have learned that many times God will use situations and circumstances to get our attention. To let us know that we are not God and that he is God and he can be God without our permission. And sometimes God uses circumstances, whether they are self-imposed or satanically designed, they are always sovereignly allowed to help us to come to know him. So if you're at a place right now where you don't know Jesus and the pardon of your sins, I want you to click on that button that says, I want to become a Christian, but how? And I will literally show you how to ask Jesus Christ into your life. For you to say to the Lord, Lord, I yield, I surrender, I give my life to you. If you know the Lord, but you want to become part of our church family on the digital platform, just click on the link that says, I want to become a part of the church. I want to join the church. And there are people who will walk with you through what it means to become a member of our church on the digital platform. We want to help facilitate your discipleship. Here's what's important for you to know. Even if you can't go into a building, the Lord can still reach you and minister to you where you are. And I want to know if you'll let the Lord do that today and allow us the privilege to help you grow in the grace and knowledge of Jesus Christ. Maybe you know the Lord and you just needed this word today to remind you. Come on, somebody put it in the chat. Say, thank God for reminding. <laughs> thank God for reminding me. Because I'll be honest with you, man, that, that word helped me today because, you know, we, so, sometimes I, I, I don't know. It, it, we know it intellectually, but we don't always remember it emotionally. That naming the name of Jesus doesn't give us an exemption from problems in life. That faith is a spiritual muscle that must be developed as we go through things. And what you go through today will be more challenging than what you went through in your yesterday because you should have been strengthened by what you went through in your yesterday to get to where you are right now. I hear somebody saying, you know, I just thank God God won't put more on you than you can bear. That's not true. God will put more on you than you can bear by yourself. But God will never put more on you than he can help you bear. And that's the difference. Now, let's get ready to worship the Lord in giving. There are six ways that you can worship the Lord on the digital platform here at the Good Hope Church. And I want to give you an opportunity to express your thanks. Uh, let's worship the Lord in terms of our tithes and offerings. But on the giving platform, I want you to also be a blessing to this preacher. Now, we're going to bless him. We're going to bless him. I'm going to do that. But I want to give you an opportunity to sow a seed into this young man's ministry. Uh, su such a gift to the body of Christ. And I'm, I'm grateful uh, that God allowed our paths to cross and and I'm looking forward to being in his life until the Lord calls me home, until the Lord calls him home, just to be able to help him to continue to become all that God wants him to be. 
Um, if you'd like to be a blessing to this preacher, uh, just look on whatever giving platform you use. Uh, look for guest preacher and give as the Lord leads you to give. If you'd like to deposit into his ministry and encourage him in his walk with the Lord. And if you don't see guest preacher available there, put it in the mission offering. All right. Just put it in the mission offering and we'll make sure that we bless this young man. Man, what a what a powerful word. We are grateful to the Lord. I know if you were here in the sanctuary, you've given him uh, just a, a praise offering and thanking God for that message on today. And I'm grateful for the gift that's in the person of Cameron Jenkins. Uh, listen, so much is going on. I, I really need you to pray as we move forward, um, as we're getting ready now to uh, move into the last of uh, this year. Uh, we've got some exciting things going on. Um, our food pantry is, is still uh, serving hundreds of people every week. Uh, in the midst of all that's going on, uh, we, we still see food insecurity uh, in our country that by any standard is unacceptable. You know, I, I saw a report the other day that over 40% of what we throw away is food. Over 40% of what we throw away is food. Uh, we don't have a food shortage. We, we have a, a, a heart problem because we don't have compassion for those who are not as blessed as we are. And so I want to thank those of you who have been faithful in your giving and in your support. Those of you who have given uh, financially your treasure. And I want to thank God for our volunteers, those who have given of their time. Uh, throughout this last year, man, we have had more people volunteering. And listen, even in the midst of COVID, we've had volunteers out with double masks and gloves on, but they have still been faithfully serving. And I want to thank God for all of our volunteers for doing a tremendous job. Come on, y'all put some hearts, uh, put some thumbs up, put some love emojis in there. Come on, let's, let's just thank God for our volunteers who have done a tremendous job in helping us be salt and light during this time period. We also have our youth diversionary program that we are about to uh, launch and we're going to be helping young men and young women uh, address issues of functional illiteracy. Uh, we have uh, a program we're going to be helping them to address issues of criminal behavior, if they have any troubles, any problems. Uh, we, we have relationships with federally qualified health centers. We're going to help them with their health issues and concerns as well. Um, we have relationships where we're going to be connecting them with job training programs that will allow them, once they complete those programs, to begin to make a livable wage. All of those things are coming, and I'm excited about our team as our team is being built and coming together to help change the lives of these young men and young women. We, we're thanking God for those uh, relationships and those partnerships. Oh, man, I got to tell you. I got to tell you this. I got to tell you this. So my youngest son, Brandon, 
uh, when we came here to Good Hope, he he wasn't even in school, just a little boy. When we when we came to Good Hope uh, in 1994, uh, he was just getting ready to go to kindergarten. And man, Brandon is is someone that I am I'm so proud of. Um, I'm proud of all of my children, all three of them: Tiffany, Marcus, and Brandon. And those of you who are part of the family of hope, you have watched all three of my children grow and you have loved them unconditionally. And I'm so grateful for that. Uh, Brandon completed his master's of public health, graduated from law school, works for a local law firm here in Houston, and he has decided to run for office. He is running for Houston Community College District 3. District 3, that district includes Northern Third Ward, goes down in the Gulf Bank into east of downtown. And man, I'm excited that he has acknowledged this call to public service. And so I want you to pray for my son. Um, If you can support him, great. If his name comes up, if you see Cofield come up, that means you live in that district. And there's no shame in my game. You already know who I'm voting for and who I am endorsing. Amen. So y'all pray for Brandon, man. You know, somebody say, little Brandon? I say, yeah, well, little Brandon's grown now. Got his own. He is Brandon uh, John Derrick Cofield Sr. He's got a little boy. And, uh, man, I'm so proud of, of him and all that God is doing in his life and his family. And so y'all pray for my son and uh, anything you could do to support him, including praying for him. Would you do that for me as well? And it doesn't matter whether you can vote for him or not. I don't care where you are. Just cover him in believing prayer because he is committed to being a public servant. And I not only want him to start that way, I want him to stay that way. Amen. Amen. Last but not least, listen, remember God is doing something wonderful in you. And uh, sometimes we can't see it because the journey that we're on is taking us through some tough times and some rough patches. Um, Maybe you've been hit on the blind side and you've been wondering, God, what are you doing? But I want you to know God is doing something wonderful in your life. A.W. Tozer, that noted Christian writer, said God uses no one greatly until they've been hurt deeply. And some of you have been praying, praying for God to use you And you may not have realized the preparation process for great use. You haven't realized it could be so painful, but I promise you it will be profitable. All right. Thank everyone for being with us. Thank Reverend Jenkins for sharing with us on today. God bless you and God keep you. Listen, make sure you stay safe. Get that vaccine. If you if you haven't gotten it, get the COVID vaccine. If you have an opportunity to get the booster, get the booster shot. As soon as they open up that line and I can get that booster, I am in the line to get that booster. I want to do everything I can to make the Delta variant and COVID-19 a footnote in history. All right. God bless you and God be with you. Love you. Love to the family.